Hi, everybody. My name is Hafa Lombardino, and this is Translation Confessional. An Immigrant's Nightmare Today's episode will perhaps feel a little different from what you've listened to so far at Translation Confessional. So please bear with me. I won't be sharing amusing anecdotes about working as a translator, interacting with clients and colleagues, or taking a crack at a tough sentence in my four languages. I won't be talking about translation and languages, per se. I'll be talking about some cultural aspects related to the immigrant experience in the United States. Still, This episode isn't meant to give anyone a well-rounded understanding of immigration issues. It is but a collection of situations and the feelings associated with them. This episode is being released five days before the 2020 election in the United States. I thought I should record it now because it feels very timely. I'm afraid that Depending on the election results and how the electoral process takes place this time around, my judgment may be too clouded and I may be too mentally exhausted to sit down and record something about it in the near future. So once again, please bear with me. Before I get into some of the stories I've heard from dear friends or lived through myself, Let me take this opportunity to let you know that I was interviewed by another podcast on this very same issue. Well, kind of. A journalist approached me to talk about being a first-time voter. Then she found out I became a U.S. citizen this year so I could be eligible to vote in this election. And we ended up recording about 80 minutes of our conversation. The final cut of our interview was released exactly one week before the end of the 2020 U.S. election. So check out the Newsflash episode I posted here at Translation Confessional, where I'm pointing listeners to Slate's What Next podcast episode, if uh, you'd like to hear more about the subject. Okay, let's get it started. First of all, I must say that in these 18 years I have been living in the United States, I've never been harassed for being an immigrant. I've had issues with public displays of sexism or complete lack of civic education, but my being from another country was never relevant to any of those instances. I live in California, in an area where you hear many different accents and languages when you go to a store or take a stroll somewhere. I know living here is a privilege when it comes to being an immigrant. Most of the time, you see people being proud of their heritage. There are parties and gatherings to celebrate the diversity of our communities. And most people are curious and interested about different backgrounds. Still, there's always a jerk here and there who couldn't probably spell xenophobic, let alone know when they're acting that way towards people who are different than they are. My concrete examples are fairly cute and amusing, by contrast to what I've heard from friends. There was this one time when I was talking to a guy at the gym, and for some reason, maybe we were talking about planes and traveling, I ended up mentioning that I'm from Brazil and that we were six hours behind my hometown at that particular time of the year. He couldn't quite understand time zones and daylight savings time, 
except for what he's aware of within the United States, Eastern Time, Central Time, Pacific Time. I tried to explain what I meant, but since he didn't quite know geography and couldn't visualize where Brazil was on the map, I simply finished the point I was trying to make and moved on from that subject altogether. There was that other time also at the gym when I overheard some older women talking about coffee in the locker room. I kind of butted into the conversation to recommend the brand I like. I said, since I'm from Brazil and we like strong black coffee, I've been buying the Colombian one at Costco. I cannot describe the puzzled look on those ladies' faces. But Colombia is in Brazil, so that makes sense, right? I just smiled and nodded and walked away. Funnily enough, the only strong reactions I've witnessed once someone learned about my personal life actually came from Brazilian men in Brazil. My husband and I got married when I was on my last year of journalism school in Brazil, so we spent time apart for about nine months while I was finishing college, which was enough time for him to get the paperwork ready for me to enter the United States on a K-3 visa, which had been created recently for fiancés and spouses of U.S. citizens. When this one guy in college found out that I had married an American, and I'm not exaggerating it, a couple of my friends had to kind of shield me, while another one held him back as he hurled insults at me. No, the guy didn't have a crush on me or anything like that. He was actually what people would call an anti-imperialist. So anything related to the United States equaled the devil in his mind. Too bad that a guy so interested in political science couldn't separate a country's policies from the actual people born in that country. I have no idea what happened to this guy. Wait, I just looked him up on Facebook. <laughs> he still seems very engaged in social politics and social economics, which is something I always enjoyed discussing with him and other friends in college because I learned a lot about Latin American issues during those conversations. I sent him a friend request. Maybe he won't remember I married a dirty imperialist and we can reconnect. Or maybe he'll see that I live in California and block me. Who knows? The other weird reaction I got from a Brazilian man who learned I was married to an American, as if that's all my husband could ever be, his nationality, but I digress. It was an author who was trying to motivate me to write a spicy short story about being a Brazilian woman who spent most of her early life dreaming, fantasizing about marrying an American man and moving to America. I didn't quite know what to make of that, really. Is that what people think when they find out about binational couples? I felt like asking him whether he grew up as a little boy, dreaming, fantasizing about marrying a Swedish or an Australian woman. Nowadays, I kind of make fun of the situation. Like, yes, all along, I started studying English as an 11-year-old girl because I had a master plan to find an American man and convince him to marry me so I could move to a first world country. I guess some people watch too many bad soap operas or series and think that that's how people end up together. Like I said, 
my stories about being an immigrant are usually funny and weird, but nothing ever made me feel bad or like my life was in danger. I've heard it from a dear friend who was harassed while having some ice cream with her friend and her friend's son. Because they were in an area here in the county where there's more of a possibility of people of color being targeted by white supremacists, the two women and the little boy had to hear some insults from a white man telling them to go back to where they came from, or something like it. My friend's friend is Asian. My friend is half indigenous and half Indian, in that one side of her family descends from Native Americans and the other from India. That white supremacist who attacked her could never wrap his head around that one if he ever had a chance to get past what people look like and actually understand that his family probably came from somewhere else while my friend's Native American ancestors had been here for centuries in the territory we know now as the United States. I've also heard from a dear friend who was harassed at a grocery store. She was talking in her native language to her son while shopping, you know, just going about her day. Someone approached her, saying that she should speak English because she was in America. Can you imagine how afraid she was while going back to her car with her little boy, worried about being chased by a lunatic who is uncomfortable around people who don't look or talk like they do? I wasn't there, but odds are that my friend's English is far superior than that monolingual speaker's English. I've also heard from a dear friend who had the cops called on her. She was living in a state where there are many immigrants, so anyone speaking another language definitely stands out. She was at a local library using the computer to have a video call with a friend in Brazil. Because my friend was speaking Portuguese, someone started to pay attention to what she was doing. They looked at the computer screen and saw her friend, a Brazilian woman who had her hair wrapped in a towel because she had just got out of the shower minutes earlier and washed her hair. The Peeping Tom or Peeping Jane, I honestly can't remember if it was a man or a woman, heard my friend speaking a foreign language and saw a woman wearing a turban on that video call and decided to call the police saying that there were some Muslims planning on blowing up the library. Can you imagine the level of crazy you gotta be to do something like that against someone you don't know? Long story short, my friend spoke in perfect English when the police came and escorted her home so that she could show them her green card. They were giving her a hard time about not having the green card on her because those law enforcement officers were clueless about the fact that you should keep your green card in a safe place instead of walking around with it. Anyway, this is all just so stressful and unnecessary, really. It may get dangerous pretty fast, too, when the wrong people are the antagonists in these situations. And I must make it clear here that immigrants aren't the only group in society that have the privilege. Can you hear my air quotes here? The privilege of being targeted for what they look like or sound like. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a movement like Black Lives Matter in 2020, right? But I won't even go into it. Even though one of my great-grandmas may have been born free, when the laws around slavery were slowly changing in Brazil, 
I'm not quite sure the exact date when she was born. It's not my place to talk about racism, and there are brilliant people you can learn from about the African-American experience and what we can do to change things moving forward and hopefully put an end to racist and xenophobic behavior in the nearest possible future. After listening to my friends' experiences and feeling enraged for them, I'll tell you about an actual immigrant's nightmare I had, which luckily was just a nightmare, not something I had to go through while I was actually awake in real life. But it made me feel just as enraged and kind of reflects the cultural aspect I'm trying to highlight in this episode. I'll tell you all about it right after this. Before we continue, I wanted to tell you about Better World Books. It's a great website to search for new and used books in several categories. You can find textbooks about translation, interpretation, and languages, as well as translated and original fiction and nonfiction. Some deals qualify for free shipping, which can really come in handy when you're on a budget. If you'd like to check out Better World Books, go to this webpage, bit.ly slash tc dash bwb it's easy to remember tc for translation confessional and bwb for better world books once again the webpage is bit.ly slash tc dash bwb hope you like it Before I go into the specifics of my immigrant's nightmare, here are a couple of full disclosures. I have been taking melatonin for the past few years because I started waking up every single day at 2 a.m. and having trouble falling back asleep, which was really messing with my routine and quality of life. So having a dissolvable melatonin tablet when I lay down has helped me stay asleep through the night, but it has also caused me some vivid dreams. Like something going wrong with a project I had to deliver the next day, or something wrong with a computer when I was supposed to present a webinar, or that one time when I congratulated a lady at the gym for becoming a hot grandma when none of her grown kids were about to have a baby. So I partially blame melatonin for going through my brain and fishing out a somewhat uncomfortable exchange I had with one of my kids' teachers a few years ago. During a parent-teacher conference early in the school year, I mentioned that I'm from Brazil and that I speak Portuguese to my kids at home. The teacher looked surprised because she hadn't been aware of that, and she congratulated me for not having a thick accent when speaking English. She asked me what I did for a living. I talked about my translation business. And before we said goodbye, she said something that bothered me, even though I know that it was with the best of intentions because she was indeed a nice old lady. She said, congratulations, you seem to have assimilated well. You're doing so good for yourself. I decided to smile and thank her begrudgingly, so as not to dwell on that subject. But I couldn't help but think that it was a bit too condescending when she used the words assimilated well. And I felt bad about it, despite her enthusiastic and encouraging tone. 
because I wonder what she thought about those parents who did have a different accent. So they haven't assimilated well to being in the United States, and consequently, they're doing poorly. That's how you measure someone's worth, by speaking English fluently. It just upset me. So when I had my melatonin fuel dream, I was in a grocery store with my kids and someone started yelling at me because I was speaking Portuguese to them. As soon as I started feeling attacked, once again, that was only a nightmare, not real life. I pulled out my phone and started a Facebook live streaming. The video showed a stressed out white man yelling at me to go back to where I came from if I didn't want to speak English in America. While I responded to him by saying things like, do you think you're embarrassing me in front of all these people, in front of my children? Actually, thank you, because you're teaching my kids a valuable lesson. They're learning firsthand what xenophobia means. Do you know what xenophobia is? You probably don't, right? It's probably too big a word for you. And you only speak English, so you should know it, right? That's your native language. But I know what it means. I actually speak four languages, including yours. I bet I have more degrees than you do. I bet I pay more taxes than you do, because I have a small business and we don't get the big business tax breaks, you know? I probably contribute more to society than you do, through my work and through my taxes. So you're telling me to speak English because I'm in America? You're telling me to go back to where I came from? Why don't you stop judging people by what they look like or sound like? You go and crawl back to whatever rock you live under, you xenophobic jerk. In my dream, it all looked nice and inspiring. People started clapping, a security guard escorted the man out of the store, my children hugged me, and everything was all right. We know that's not always what happens in real life, though. I also felt bad about being too rough on my comments towards that xenophobic white guy because I shouldn't have said those condescending things to him, even though this imaginary person probably deserved it, right? In my dream, that video went viral and some people wanted to interview me on TV. I reluctantly accepted invitations because I wanted to highlight the current situation, because it was bigger than me. Even though, in that nightmare, I was a nerve-wrack in preparation for those interviews. My dream cut to two TV appearances with news anchors I enjoy watching and respect as fellow journalists, Rachel Maddow and Anderson Cooper. And after the great questions and good debate we were able to hint at in those couple of minutes assigned to the interview, they both wanted to say goodbye by congratulating me for speaking my second language so well and for doing good for myself. Then I had to cut them off saying that there are many immigrants out there who can't fight back as I did in the live stream, who have different immigration experiences, who may have come here seeking asylum, and who may not have been able to speak English fluently and start a small business, but they are just as valuable as I am, and none of them should be treated the way immigrants are currently being treated. In my dream, Rachel Maddow looked down at her notes, kind of bobbing her head in that cute way she does, with a smirk on her face. Anderson let out that cute, shy boy's giggle that he usually has, especially on New Year specials. They both agreed with what I said, that immigrants should not be treated that way, no matter their background, what they do for a living, what they look like or sound like. And they thanked me for my time. Then I woke up, my heart racing and drenched in sweat, 
which could be just as much caused by the outrage, by my nightmare, or by premenopause hot flashes. Who knows? Nevertheless, it hit too close to home, and I felt fortunate that I hadn't experienced it in real life, but couldn't help but think about those who do have to face similar situations every single day of their lives. Send me an email at rlombardino at wordawareness.com or leave a voice message on my anchor page. If I get enough feedback and voice messages, I can go back to the subject and post a special podcast episode with everyone's opinion on this very same theme. By the way, my anchor page is anchor.fm slash translation dash confessional. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned for weekly episodes and subscribe to Translation Confessional through your favorite podcast app.